It is good to be together, to be on journey together. To me, that's what is best, to be on journey together. And to be able to benefit from our mutual journeys, your insights, your challenges, your victories, Today we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6, almost exclusively. And you would expect that the pastor of administration would find some way to take advantage of a sermon time to talk about money. So those of you that might have been expecting that won't be disappointed. But because the Scripture passage is in Timothy, if you know anything about the author of that book, Paul, Paul will love nothing more than to talk about Jesus. So since we're using Paul's words, uh, we will have to talk about him. One of my early strong memories involving money was when I was probably five or six years old, I had a bank. It was about this tall. It was shaped like a rocket. And you could put coins on the side and cock the little trigger, and you could shoot the coins up into the bank. It was a wonderful gift for a six-year-old boy. And I did some research, and it looked as this wasn't mine, but it did look like this. It had been an incentive gift from banks when banks still gave incentive gifts. When I would get money, before I would shoot my coins into the bank, my father had helped prepare two envelopes, and on one envelope he had written tithe, and on one envelope he had written offering. And we would divide up the coins so that there was tithe that would go in the envelope and offering that would go in the envelope, and then there was money that went in for savings. Now, at six years old, I was still learning about what these different designations meant, the significance of those. But I am so grateful that at that early age, I began to realize that not everything that I had, I was going to hang on to. And that's been such a powerful imagery for me when it comes to my relationship with God and with, with, those around, with those around me. Because if I approach life like this, it's hard for me to give, but it's also very difficult for me to receive, isn't it? So this, this posture is not a very healthy posture at all in terms of how I approach life. 
But if this posture represents my emotional and psychological approach to the world, then I am very open to receive good things, but it's very easy for me to be able to share that as well. And so from this very early age, I was being taught to act in a way that would be easy for me to have this kind of an attitude. So we went to take some time here in Timothy and to make some applications for our life. First Timothy chapter 6, and we'll be looking at a fairly large section of this, and much of it we'll just let Paul speak directly to you through the Holy Spirit. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. So as the pastor of administration, I'm reading this passage, and I'm thinking, how can I be content? And the troublemaking part of my brain says, well, the best way for me to be content is when there are generous offerings, which is probably not where Paul was wanting me to go with this. The other troublemaking part of my brain is looking at the major part of my responsibility And I realize that almost everything I devote my life to here in terms of the finances and facilities of this church, Paul says, I will not be carrying this out. That was kind of sobering for me. We have a half-million-dollar roofing project that still isn't on our schedule that needs to be scheduled. We have an ADA ramp that we need to be finishing up within the next month. We have all of these projects that cost money that we must do this together. But Paul says very clearly here, I didn't come into this world with anything. I'm not going to leave with anything either. So should I change jobs, get a new job description? (laughs) I'll talk to you about this. This is Paul's mode working on my life, Pastor Tara. But no, that's not where he's going because I would not devote what I devote to here on this campus if I did not see how integral this space is for people to be free to minister to each other and to be ministers of through, through God's heart and hand. Because there are miracles that happen within this space. And yes, this building will not last forever. But while we are here, we are committed to making sure that God is glorified and that we are witness here within our community. And so this is a tool. It's a tool for us. It's a gift. 
I stand here realizing that I am indebted to those that have gone before me to have what I have here. And I'm going to be leaving something for those that are coming after me to have as well. And I find that I am most free to live generously when I can incorporate the principles that Paul has begun this passage with of contentment, of recognizing God's blessing in my life and being able to take pleasure in that and finding the joy of multiplying that blessing as I look out for the best interest of those around me. But if we were going to look at this in practical terms, we might look at this in terms of an offering envelope. So we have, if I wanted to give an offering, I came prepared. And I brought an offering envelope. We'll talk about the peach in a little bit. So if this were going to be an illustration, we might say that I will take out five of these $100 bills and we'll put them in the offering envelope for tithe. And I can mark that as such here on the envelope. It's the first one. The next one is vision in action, and I really like vision in action. So we will give some more here. I like vision capital. So we'll give some more. Let me see, let's do this much here. And I would like to remember that the, there's something happening outside of my life for the World Church and Conference. So we're gonna, they're gonna get some more. And maybe Vision Capital would appreciate a little bit more. Now I'd forgotten that I had brought some $20 bills, which is why I had brought these scissors with me, because I was worried that I might have to help the treasurer out to know how much needed to go for which offering by cutting two-thirds of the bill off for, for one of my offerings. But I don't have to do that. In fact, somebody said that might be illegal. Um, but I'm grateful that it's very easy for me to direct my giving on the offering envelope. If I wanted to go online, as Elder Corey mentioned, that we can go online and do the same kind of divisions. And I can do this knowing that these monies are going to be utilized based on priorities that these various organizations have. Now both on the envelope as well as online, I can be very specific in how I would direct those monies if I choose to. But if the 
dollars that I wanted to go for vision and action. And I realized that I, for the local church giving, I need to designate if I want it to go towards new improvements, which is our vision capital campaign, or if I want it to go for the life and ministry of, of our church, which is vision and action, that I need to be able to, to designate that out. But if, when I give to vision and action, those monies are then going to go out and based on the prioritization of the boards and the pastoral staff, those monies are going to be utilized in ministries that are multiplied completely out. And there's a slide here that will show you in an illustrative way how that might happen. And I realize that I just perhaps may have skipped a slide. I haven't been looking behind me. But um, if we could have that, those next set of numbers. Uh, here we go. Thank you. So, my $360 based on last year's spending could be kind of divided like this. And you'll notice that education and facilities are really big items here within our church life. If you're part of the Koinonia ministry, if you're 55 or older, um, you're not forgotten, but you get 47 cents of my offering that I gave, um, maybe a little bit more. Um, but this is just to illustrate the fact that I don't have to think about everything that's going on in this church. Okay, I'm an administrative pastor. I do have to think about everything that's going on in this church. But you don't have to when you, when you give in terms of making sure that that gets to where you want it to go. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful. But I want to come back to Paul. He continues, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's a warning. I don't think Paul was wanting us to need to spend a lot of time on this because if we were where he started out in this passage with an attitude of contentment and an openness to give and receive, then this will never be a problem. Will never be a problem. I've lived long enough that I can observe the risks that the pursuit of wealth can have. So Paul doesn't say that wealth, being wealthy is the problem, but that if we make that pursuit our highest goal, that can be a challenge. I've had friends who looked at various income strategies in their life and 
made their education accordingly because they realized that there were some jobs that would have a different level of income than others. They've then been able to leverage that income to be a huge blessing. We are indebted to people who have been successful in business. The six years I worked at Loma Linda Medical Center, I realized that the names on the new buildings um, have been a great blessing to us because of both their generosity as well as their success. But Paul being Paul, does not take long to get at the heart of what he wants us to hear. But you, O man of God, now Paul was writing to his young friend Timothy, you as reading this can take this for yourself, but you just insert your name. So I could read this, but you, Steve, Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. There's, I, I don't miss out on things that I am going to be filling my life with. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses and in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in His own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, we still haven't gotten to a period, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in inapproachable, unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might and glory forever. Amen. There is no one who can pack more into one sentence than Paul, primarily because he is a master of colons, semicolons, and commas. And I found that my Bible study relied heavily on my ability to graph a sentence. I was so grateful for my English teacher who told me how to separate out all the different parts of a sentence because I began to be able to understand Paul when I was in college. But letting the words sink into us we realize where, God, where Paul's focus is. There's only one who is in unapproachable light. And he has given everything to his son. And that's who we give everything to live for. So for Paul's motives and for Paul's goals, it all is about God and his son, Jesus Christ. There was never any ambiguity, there was never any fuzziness, there was never any questioning for Paul. 
Paul knew where he was going. He knew why he was going there, and he knew what he was willing to give to be there. Paul closes by reminding us Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or to trust in uncertain riches, not to put their hope in wealth, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation in the coming age. One of the words I keyed into in this passage was this uncertainty. I feel like I've had to grapple with that word and that experience. We each are grappling with that. That we do live in an uncertain age. However, we live with a God who still is the giver of all good things. So I don't have to go very far in my life to face uncertainty, but neither do I have to go very far to know what God is doing. I look out here and I see what God is doing. I look out here and I see a congregation that's full of people that are committed to living these values. So we see that we are surrounded by people like our adventurer leaders who will do almost anything for our kids. Now, I don't show up to the club meetings, but there are a faithful group who do And I'm so grateful for that. I look at these flags, and I realized I didn't need a picture of flags because you can just look around here and see flags, but you know, they didn't magically appear. <laughs> Someone was here when I wasn't uh, and made sure that they were put up, and I thank Rudy and his family for making sure that each year um, that these flags were able to remember the diverse heritage within our congregation. On the day we first celebrated these flags, many of us went outside and enjoyed a wonderful dessert potluck, which again did not magically happen. It happened because you supported, but there was a huge team that worked with Deb. Uh, and help to make sure that we were able to uh, have a wonderful time. In a few weeks, our Vacation Bible School will be having many of their activities outside and utilizing the tent awnings that were put up. Again, they did not magically happen, but they happened through blessing. All of these activities happened through blessing of generosity. Good works in action.
we truly are, I, I am so rich <laughs> because of the generous actions of those around me. And it's exciting to be a part of the Azure Hills Church family. You may be looking for ways in which you can have a higher level of investment and involvement. And I have found that my level of satisfaction within an organization rises to the level of involvement that I am able to have. And so I would encourage those of you that may have been being nudged to, to involvement, if you haven't been, that you be able to, to talk, to be able to communicate to us uh, through, our, through our website. Grab one of us uh, before or after church. Call the church. There are a number of ways in which we would love to be able to uh, connect you more tightly. One of the things that impressed me about this passage, though, was that when it comes to eternity and eterni eternal values, eternity is not measuring me by how much I have given. but it's based on who I have received. And so I will side with Paul in saying, there's nothing that matters more than Jesus.